0: to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the show built to last. Thanks for being with us again today. I have the incredible Sally Wagner, who we actually live really close to each other. Sally, we're going to have to we remember when we first talked, we were talking about we've got to get together for coffee and then you were traveling. I was traveling. So let's make sure we make that happen this summer. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to dive into our conversation. I'm so fascinated by your background. and you know you'll you if you're listening to us now, um, you're gonna hear all about Sally's various businesses that she has. She runs three different businesses. I've got a lot of questions for you, Sally, around that. So okay. welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you here. If you will fill us in on a bit about your background, and then maybe go into why did you decide to start a business in the first place six mm-hmm. years ago or so, and then we'll dive in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and thank you for having me today. I really appreciate yeah. talking
1: with you again. Um, so my three major initiatives are uh, two on the law and real estate side of things. I'm a lawyer, a real estate broker, a real estate instructor. And one of my businesses is to provide broker and contract compliance services to real estate brokerages throughout Florida. And in all of the brokerages where we work, and when I say we, I have a colleague, he and I run this business, and we have over 2,500 agents, and that translates into over $6 billion in sales volume. Uh, about 600 transactions each week. And fortunately, I don't touch every single one of those, <laughs> just the problems, right? Uh, and, and then I also have a real estate school. So people who want to get a license, people who have a license and need continuing education credits can come through the school and take care of all of those educational needs. So that's, those are the two businesses on the law and real estate side of things. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also a a life coach. I I call it a life alchemist because I, I think, uh, there's so much magic when you get into coaching, right? And uh, on that side of things, I do a lot of speaking and writing and course development, those types of activities.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So I am, do you, I don't know if you use this language or not, but would you consider yourself to be multi-passionate?
1: Yes. Uh, Okay. And I know this is kind of an old fashioned term, but they used to refer to the Renaissance man or the Renaissance woman. And, you know, somebody who has all of those multiple passionate interests. Yeah. yeah,
0: so in our like you know the coaching space, entrepreneurial space, a lot of entrepreneurs will label themselves as multi-passionate, and something that they will then piggy you know add to that statement is you know, but I don't know how to uh, really define my message or define what my business is about mm-hmm. or who it's for, mm-hmm. and they they can really struggle with that and then not move any business forward in the fashion that it's actually capable of moving forward in. Right. Now, listening to you and knowing a bit about your background, you've got three separate it sounds like you keep the businesses separate. Is that true? Uh,
1: primarily, yes. And uh, you know, there is a lot of crossover because as I work with real estate agents, then sometimes uh, you know, there's the opportunity to do some coaching and some work on that side of things because, you know, a successful business person starts as a successful person. Mm-hmm. And many times the things that are holding us back in business are the personal things. So there is some overlap. Um, and I think that's an important part of what you were just saying about people who are multi-passionate. You know, we, we want to think about stacking skills that are complementary so that we really increase our our opportunity to provide enhanced services to people mm-hmm. across the whole spectrum.
0: Yeah, So you already knew this about yourself. You already knew that you are really multi-passionate. You probably always have lots of business ideas. How did you go about structuring your businesses so that it did complement all of your skills, your gifts, your background, your passions, what you're really interested in? So I guess I have a two-part question. How did you go about structuring that so that it's working for you? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, that's my that's my question. We'll start there. Okay.
1: Uh, so uh, first thing, just on a very mundane level, you you know, we have some uh, legal structures around things. Uh, We have legal entities for each of the different businesses. So there is a legal entity for the broker and compliance business, a legal entity for the real estate school and then a legal entity for the the coaching side of things. Mm And, and so in that sense, it's easy to kind of keep them distinct. And then each of them has a different set of systems and processes. So uh, again, there's overlap uh, because some of the people, the clients that we serve are in multiple areas of those businesses. And yet the systems and processes are going to be different for each arm. Right. Does that answer the
0: question. It does. Now, do you have a different ideal client for each one of those entities? A different message, you know, different. I, I, yeah, there's some overlap with the systems, but it different ideal clients, different messages, different marketing strategies, different sales processes. It sounds like a lot to keep up with, but you're doing it really, really well. How do you <laughs> navigate that? Uh, with the help of a lot of good people.
1: Uh, it, you know, I think that's one of the things that entrepreneurs do uh, because we're so passionate about our idea. You know, it's like our child, our baby, and we we don't trust anybody else to do it as well as we're going to do it, right? And so we, we need to pry our fingers away from that and allow somebody else to step in and carry the 80% of stuff that needs to be done and we can focus on the 20%, which is where our passion is. Yeah. So, um, a lot of good support, you know, I have support people uh, in each of the different areas of business who help to keep things on track.
0: Did you start all three of the businesses at the same time or mm-hmm. no? were they like, okay. So how did you know when you like, how did you know when, all right, business number one is at a certain place where it now mm-hmm. makes sense for me to build business number two. Right. So how did you know from a where the business is at and how it's performing, how it's functioning? And mm. how did you know from a leadership perspective that you are ready to take on the next business and grow that? How, because, uh, you know, a lot of us have a lot of business ideas, you right. know, and you and I both talk to a lot of people. And I think that when we're entrepreneurs, we don't just have like one business that we want to run for 30 years. You may want to have like an umbrella company and multiple businesses underneath, which kind of sounds like how you've got your structured, but most people don't know how to navigate that. They don't know, um, when it, when is it time to bring on the second one so that the first one doesn't completely come crashing down? And then how do you, I'm really interested in how you manage your own mindset, manage your own emotions. Um, Manage the leadership of yourself, the leadership of your team in all three of those separate businesses. Yeah.
1: So in terms of timing uh, and, you know, when do you know is the right time? It's almost just this sense of feeling that you get, you know, uh, when the time is right. When, so, for example, the, the first business was the consulting part. And uh, it was kind of uh, fortuitous. I was doing the compliance uh, consulting Uh, My colleague was doing the broker piece of things and he was like, hey, why don't we start kind of like peanut butter and chocolate? You know, why don't we start doing this together and see what happens? And we did. So we went into business together and it just exploded. Um, You know, we, we were able to bring the combined forces of all of that. And since then, we've added staff to do the actual day-to-day compliance reviews. You know, we're the points of contact for broker questions and helping agents with transactions, teaching classes, those kinds of things. And so, uh, you know, because we didn't start out with over 2,500 agents, and yet we've grown to that level and so many other opportunities as well. When we first started into business, we were thinking about, hey, at some point, maybe we'll open a real estate school. And so um, I ended up opening it with with another colleague. uh, And yet it's such a good complement to what I'm doing on that side of things because people always need continuing education and there are always new agents who want to get a license, you know, Mm -hmm. the agents to be, right? so those kind of, uh, you know, made sense as an adjunct um, to the services that I was offering. Mm-hmm. And it, so the the real estate school was the third arm of everything. And in between was the coaching. And the coaching was really m- my personal uh, passion, uh, a culmination of everything that I wanted to do in life. And it was just one of those um you know, moments of clarity and honesty with myself uh, to say if if I don't do this, I'm I, not that I would die, but just that I would not live hmm. in the way that I want to live going forward. And yeah. so that was the moment. Um, sometimes you know, not to be too religious, but we call it the come to Jesus moment, right? It was that moment of clarity when I knew that was my path.
0: Yeah. What mm-hmm. have you focused on the most? in terms of being able to grow the business. And what I mean by that, have you had, you know, there's such a strong emphasis on having a social media presence these days. Mm -hmm. Did you focus on organic social media growth? Did you focus on tapping into networks that you already had access to? Did you focus on relationship building? And I'm sure whatever you started with, you're still doing today. But I think people are so, again, like very interested in how are you how are you growing something from the ground up and you did it you've done all of them quickly as well you know it didn't take you 10 years to get to where you are now you did three businesses in 6 years and you're able to continue to maintain that and grow it yeah. there's still marketing going on there's still selling going on so what's really been your mojo in that category to to grow and connect with people mm-hmm.
1: So it's different for the different areas. So uh, for the broker and compliance side of things, it's it's really kind of building our reputation and and word of mouth. And as the reputation gets around, uh, people come to us. Uh, So we we pardon me, we we haven't really done a lot of marketing, because it's such a niche thing that we do, you know. Um, And so we're very fortunate that that is the way the business has evolved. Uh, Real estate school, a little bit different, you know, we we do uh, let people know that we have a real estate school. Um, So we do some social media marketing, we do some marketing directly to real estate brokerages, we offer special classes. Uh, For example, I developed a whole series on fair housing issues in the U.S. That's something that's boutique that most real estate schools are not going to offer. So we do things like that to enhance what people will get when they come to the school. And then on my coaching side, it's really about building relationships. And relationships take time, right? You know, it's not like a coach in a box thing (laughs) where you can just Pull it off, and and we've all had the experience of you know somebody who is saying, "Oh, I'm a coach. Come coach with me." Well, I don't have a relationship with you. Why would I trust you with the direction of my life or anything else, right? So it's really building the relationships, and then those people have a sense of trust, and then they do referrals. So that's that's kind of how that business has grown.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of things that I want to point out that I heard you share that I believe have probably really helped you catapult so quickly. And number one, it's a niche market, finding a niche. Uh, number two, the specificity and the uniqueness of what you're offering, especially the example that you gave with the real estate school that not other schools are offering you know, that unique piece of material that you're offering. And then the third thing that you mentioned was patience and time building the relationships. And I think those three things are timeless, timeless principles that are never going to go out of style. And we're in this day and age where I, you know, really in the last two years, especially this like coaching space or online businesses just absolutely exploded because people left People came home, they left the companies that were working for, or they got let go. And there's no barrier to entry when you start a business online. And then, you know, it, it can feel extremely intimidating, extremely intimidating to walk into, I'm open for business, I'm online. And the minute you pull up a social media app on your phone to check in for the day, it's like, how, it, how am I ever going to be seen and heard amongst the millions of entrepreneurs that are on all these different social media sites. And some of them seem like they're there all day long. But I really think that you hit the nail on the head with the niche, the specificity, the uniqueness of what you're offering. It's got to be something different than what everybody else is saying out there with their megaphone. And then also putting a lot of emphasis and, and time and energy into getting to know people and build those relationships. Would you say, that those three things have really helped you grow as quickly as you have in all three of those businesses.
1: Absolutely. And, and as you mentioned, those three things, I can look to each of my business initiatives and see clearly how they have all contributed to the growth. Um, You know, and, and for example, uh, when I coach, I use EFT, emotional freedom techniques, uh, NLP, evolved neuro-linguistic programming and trauma aware modalities. Um, there are many coaches who don't have those tools and techniques to offer to people. Uh, you know, it's wonderful to talk about mindset. We all know about mindset. Uh, we, we want to improve our mindset. I think most of us, uh, and yet, uh, It's not just a matter of thinking happy thoughts. And sometimes we need those tools like EFT, NLP, trauma aware coaching to really help us do that. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's very important to identify your unique market, identify your unique skills Mm -hmm. and then build the relationships
0: Mm -hmm. with all these businesses. Where does your confidence and resiliency come from? Because I'm sure it hasn't all been perfect, although it sounds like it's been pretty amazing to me. But I'm sure you've had some roadblocks and setbacks and moments of doubt. Yeah. Where did you like what do you tap into for your your confidence and inner confidence and resiliency?
1: Yeah. So I I think resilience is such an important part of it. Right. And it's it's a skill. Uh, You know, a lot of people think, oh, people are resilient or they're not. That's not true we can build resilience and so i do things to build my resilience in different areas of life you know physical emotional mental social all of those areas we can build resilience and mindset you know sometimes we think people are happy or they're not people are joyful or they're not no it's a choice it's a skill we can build mindset and so i have a system and a process to do things every single day to address mindset to uh, you know, if there are those little uh, I call it the snarky six year old, those voices in our heads that tell us, you know, when we're thinking wonderful things and then that voice says, yeah, right. You wish in your dreams, you know, those kinds of things, um, th- it, then we need some daily activities to change those voices to something that is more positive. Yeah. And, and th- I guess that's the, the key. It needs to be a system and a process, something that we do every single day.
0: Yeah, I love that you just used the word process. And I think that's so important in any of our programs, whether we are a coach, a consultant, or we have a school where we're teaching someone how to do something. I believe one of our greatest assets that we're providing our clients is not just ourselves and our time and our clients' access to us and our magic. Or our intuition, but it's, you know, I think one of our greatest assets that we're offering other people in our in our zone of geniuses and our expertise is the process that we've created, the tools that we've picked up along the way. And then being able to teach that to them in a way that they can access the process, yes. use the process in yes. between coaching sessions, but then also once they are were no longer working with the client, can they still implement? that process and still get results from it. Is that how you, is that one of your approaches? I I think you and I are really similar in that and how we approach teaching and working with people. And it's very process based. Is that how you approach all of your businesses with your, how you teach your clients? Absolutely. It it needs to be self-sustaining
1: in in order to be successful. And so uh, mundane example uh, my colleague and I teach classes once a week to real estate agents to understand the contracts because the contract is an important tool. The more they understand the tool, the more powerful they are in business. Right. And as they learn that tool, then they have less reliance on me because they understand it. Right. So it's self-sustaining in their knowledge. Yeah. With real estate school, same thing. With the coaching, same thing. EFT is a fabulous example of that. One of the many things I love about EFT is that as people learn it, they're able to do it for themselves and they're no longer dependent upon me as the practitioner. It becomes their
0: technique and their process. And
1: isn't that what we want? We want them to be self-sustaining.
0: Yes, yeah it's it's incredibly beneficial to the client because they can utilize the tools and the skills and the modalities and the methodologies until the end of time. yeah and then it's also from a business perspective, it's you know I think again I, I really want people to hear this. I think that you know one of the aspects of your three businesses that have really allowed you to grow and scale the way that you have at the pace that you have, is because you are Mm process-oriented. And so you're plugging your clients into the process that you're teaching them versus plugging them into, you know, I'm the coach and I have all the answers. And if you need support, you need to come to me. You know, we see so many people getting kind of stuck and hung up at a certain point in their businesses, and they can't see a pathway to growth because they've maxed out their time their Mm -hmm. effort, their energy, they're burned out, they're exhausted, and they're spending tons of hours a week just on client delivery and over customization. And it sounds like, you know, there's not too much customization going on for you inside of your companies and your businesses that you're really, and I think having a process in place, it empowers the client. Mm-hmm. It empowers them because if they're not empowered, if they have to rely on us to get the answers or to take another step forward. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, And it, and
1: that is such an important part of they reclaiming their own power, yes. whether it's in their business, whether it's in their lives, you know, they're they're not
0: dependent on me or anybody else to work the system. They can do yeah. it themselves. Yeah. I think that's amazing. I love that. I love that. So I'm curious to hear um, over the last, you know, two and a half years, what all of us have experienced in the world. I think that especially in 2020, I don't think any of us really realized how emotionally and mentally and psychologically taxing that year was. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us kind of woke up to that in 2021. And I'll be honest, 2021 was actually tougher for me for an emotional, mental, psychological perspective. Than 2020 was. And I think a lot of us in 2020 really took this like heavy leadership position and sort of like got on the front lines and really did a lot of support and sort of forgot about supporting ourselves. And I, I truly believe that's that's what I experienced in 2021. It was a result of that. I'm curious to um, hear from you, especially with your mindset work that you do with your coaching business. Have you seen people's emotional, mental, psychological state change, you know, prior to 2020 versus like through all of that? And even now, have you seen changes in that? Have you seen new stuff come up in people that you hadn't seen before? Is it different working with people now that we've experienced what we've experienced over the last couple of years? I'd love some insight on that from you.
1: Yeah. So I I think it is very different Um, when two years ago, when all of this was happening, uh, I have a daughter-in-law who is a child psychologist. And so I was talking with her and I was like, this is PTSD, right? And she said, absolutely. You know, we can expect to see PTSD at all levels, Uh, children, adults, everybody, you know, And so because we were all hit with this collective trauma and I think a lot of people are suffering, Um, you know, we we can hear the statistics about increases in uh, drug overdoses and drug abuse and suicide rates and all of those very discouraging statistics. And we can that's a direct um, reflection of the suffering that people are enduring right now. And at the same time, I'm seeing a lot of resurgence of people who almost kind of like a red pill situation. People are like, you know what? I'm tired of suffering. I'm ready to do something that reflects who I am. And and I'm ready to discover who that person is Uh, because they've they've seen kind of the, the, the facade Mm -hmm. of society. And they're like, this is BS. I'm ready to be authentic. And Mm -hmm. so there's that thirst and longing for Mm -hmm. search and meaning and purpose in life.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Do you think that again, like from your perspective, do you think that like society and people in general, prior to the last two years, they were already in this kind of funky state of suffering or in this negative state. And then what we experienced exacerbated it and brought it to the surface, but just really, really, really fast. And people didn't know how, either didn't know how to handle it or didn't have the tools that you're providing people. Um, Do you think that people were suffering before and this just like brought it to the surface?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this didn't, uh, you know, set off the suffering. I think it just uh, highlighted it for a lot of people, um, yeah. you know, old quote from uh, Thoreau, the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. And I think that's where a lot of people were. A lot of people are, and then boom, this happened. Yeah. Uh, it, we've suddenly collectively lost our expectations for how life is supposed to be. And, you know, we're looking for a solid firm foundation to move forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, another another question about the mindset piece, something that I I have seen over the over the years, people who are entrepreneurs not necessarily struggle with, but I think are more confused than anything. You know, clearly you are what I one of the things I really love and appreciate about about you is that you you are so structured and you have this background in law and real estate, and you're about the contracts and the systems and the processes and the structures. You understand what has to go into building a business from scratch and then growing that business and then scaling that business. And there are a lot, there's a lot of logic to that. There's a lot of moving parts and pieces to that. There's a lot of spreadsheets that people don't love, but I love spreadsheets. (laughs) Um, There's, you know, really being a CEO and developing business building and growth skills. But then there's also this other side to you, which is the mindset and the spiritual side the nlp the eft the really exploring what's holding someone back right. and in the online space there's there's so much conversation about you know it seems like we're swinging this pendulum and you're either yeah. hardcore massive action all the systems build a million dollar business or then you hear other people and they're like you know you can't do anything until you have the mindset and the mindset is everything and you know yeah. Don't pay attention to all of this stuff over here, but you and I both know to grow a successful business that's profitable and sustainable, it it takes both. You can't just do mindset work and then like not have system structures, contracts, profit, spreadsheets, all the things, lead your team, train your team, onboarding price. All those things are really important. And we also know that the mindset side is really important too. How how do you manage to integrate those two worlds, like within your own self, and in the way that you lead your life and your businesses?
1: So I use an acronym in my coaching. It's MSG, and that stands for mindset, skill set, get off your asset. And I think that's that just encapsulates everything, right? You know, we, it, Bob Proctor may rest in peace. Mindset is everything. 90, 95% is mindset. Mindset is super important. And mindset is not just thinking happy thoughts, right? There's much more to it than that. We're not just Peter Pan. And skill set is important because we're not taught the right skill set. Sometimes we need new skills to have the right mindset. We also need new skills to do what we're doing in business communication skills, um, you know, all of those skills that you just talked about taking action. That's the get off your asset part, right? That's a skill in and of itself, because how many procrastinators do we know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Probably all of us, right? Yeah. I, I procrastinate. I, you know, We all do. Yeah. And without action, all of that other stuff is just philosophy. We have to take action to make something happen. And when we have the right mindset and we have the right skill set, stacked skills, right? We talked about that then we are ready to take action. And until we do, nothing is going to happen. I think one of the big reasons that people don't take action, the way we procrastinate, is because we're afraid. We're afraid of failure. We're afraid of not being perfect. That's all mindset stuff, right? And when you solve the mindset and take action, man, that's, that's the trajectory that you can take.
0: Yeah. That's the combination you want, right? Yeah. 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 Awesome. Sally, this has been so informative. I love all of your insights. I'd love for you to share how people can get in touch with you about any of your businesses and also share who's a really good fit. I want to hear more about who you work with in each one of those entities.
1: Okay. Yes. Thank you. So um, my website for my coaching is Sally, S-A-L-L-I-E, Wagner.com. My real estate school is prosperitylearninggroup.com. The other business is more like a, you know, niche. So we don't do a lot of public stuff. Um, We have a Facebook group, I think. But um, ideal clients for that side would be a real estate brokerage looking for broker and compliance support, the real estate school, anybody who would love to have a real estate license in Florida uh, or who has a license and would like to have continuing education, either as to get a broker license or just the regular continuing education. And for coaching, Uh, I I love working with uh, primarily women who have experienced change, dramatic change like birth, death, marriage, divorce, job loss, job change, all of those kinds of things. And uh, less dramatic and still very significant change. I call it life creep when you just wake up one day and wonder what happened with your life. So the techniques that I use can really help people gain clarity around all of those things. Awesome.
0: Amazing. All those links are in the show notes below. So if you are looking for support on the mindset side, because you've gone through a transition or change, or you own a real estate brokerage or your real estate agent, you know exactly where to go. Check out the show notes below, click those links, links and connect with Sally. Sally, thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.